Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for just, uh, I just pray right now, Father, for every person that's able to give. God, did you return a blessing back upon them a hundredfold, Father? Bless them beyond comprehension, Lord God. Father, we call in finances to take care of bills and needs that they may have, Father. We thank you, God, you're a bountiful God. Father, we thank you there's no lack in you. Never is any lack in you, Lord God. Can't find it. It's not there. Lord, we just thank you that there is always abundance in you. Always. Y'all believe that? Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. We've got a little bit, little bit more time here. Edward, I am going to probably bounce around a little bit on the scriptures. So just I'll, I'll help you uh, to let you know which one to pull up here. All right. Living beyond yourself. I think that's a good, I believe that's going to be a good word. Living beyond yourself. Today we have the privilege, if you're wondering why in the world I've got a suit on today, because I normally don't. Uh, uh, well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. I feel nice. Um, we, we, are, we are installing and ordaining new elders today. We talked about that last week a little bit, about how we have restructured our eldership into our eldership team and is, and is divided into, into two parts, our governance board that will be over the finances of the church, decision-making, corporate decision-making, representing our church in a corporate way. Uh, also just in, in just the general oversight of our church, working with our the other board, which is the ministry or pastoral board, and uh, which will be working closely in association with all the ministries in the, in the church and overseeing and helping and and doing doing what elders need to do, all of these guys. So we are thrilled about that, and we will do that in kind of in a, in a, together with my message today. It was so funny today because I sent a, sent a little thing out to all the guys. I said, you know, it's a special day. Dress appropriately. Uh, we're going to take some pictures afterwards or whatever. And so I walked in today, and Mike Coleman was sitting over there with a, with a tie on. He never wears a tie. Never wears a tie. And he looked at me, and he realized that I wasn't wearing a tie. He jerked that thing off so fast. So <laughs> it was great. It was great. But I really believe that today is a really a unique, extraordinary, special day for our church as we're able to lay hands upon uh, those that God says, these are the ones that you're at this point in time to come and bring in as elders of the church, some that have already been serving in that capacity and others that are being added to that. And I, I just really believe that God's doing a God's doing a, a, a unique, beautiful thing in our church. I, I love where, I don't know where Danielle and those guys are. I saw Seth. Oh, there you are, honey. All right. I saw Seth around here. There's Seth. Guys, that was, that was amazing this morning. Amazing worship. Thank you so much. Wow. Wow, wow. 
So I, I want to take a few minutes today, and as we've been, we're doing a, a series during the fall called <clears throat> Living a Powerful Life. In the book of Acts, I don't remember exactly where. I, don't, uh, I left my cell phone at home this morning charging, so it should be really charged by the time I get home. I hope I don't have one of those exploding battery phones, you know, that's out now. But we'll see when we get home. But uh, in one of the passages in Acts, it talked about the apostles and disciples in the midst of turning the world upside down. Uh, they, they, they talked about these men, these men living a powerful life. They said, they would, they said these are those that are turning the world upside down. It was an extraordinary thing they were doing. And it, it talked about that during a passage of some of the things that they were doing and through miracles and signs and wonders and laying out of hands and healings. And they talked about it, that, that God was doing extraordinary things during that time. Well, I'll tell you, God doesn't have a time where he does it and no longer does it. We're still in a season of extraordinary things, extraordinary moves of God, extraordinary miracles, extraordinary provisions, extraordinary ways to live life. And I want to encourage you today. We've been, Pastor Rifle has, uh, I think our Tim uh, preached a little bit on last week, Manny preached a great sermon along the lines of living a powerful life. You know, to everyone, living a powerful life looks a bit different. If you would go outside today and you would just interview people on the street, what type of, if you ask them, what does it mean to you to live a powerful life? How would they reply? They're probably replying all sorts of different ways. They said, well, in order to have enough money to provide for my family, to take care of them, to pay for my, my uh, children's college. To me, that's living a powerful life. And to them, that would be living a, maybe a powerful life. Maybe it says, uh, I, I would like to have great influence in my community. You know, to be seen as someone, as a leader or as a, someone in government or something like that. Maybe it's just that I would like to have the opportunity to have authority over people and I, to be able to control what they do. Some people feel like that's what it means to live a powerful life. For some people, it would be whatever it takes, whatever it takes to get my way. <laughs> How many of us know people like that? And to them, that's living a powerful life. For some others, it may be the recognition that I want to have. I want to have recognition. I want people, when they see me, they know who I am, that they know what I've done. To me, that's living a powerful life. Well, I found that in my years of walking with the Lord, none of that is what God says is a powerful life. None of that at all. One of the things I want to talk about today that I believe is one of the foundational stones of living a powerful life is living beyond yourself. Living beyond yourself. You know, the, the disciples were always uh, 
surprising Jesus. I guess that's the way, good, good way of putting it. They're always surprising Jesus when they came and said, this town didn't receive us, so let's call down fire from heaven and consume them. And that probably surprised Jesus a little bit. Probably surprised them when Peter said, listen, these guys that I've got to live with, how many times do I have to forgive them? You know, would seven times be enough, Jesus? They are just, they, I, they're un, who can live with these guys, you know? And Jesus said, no, Peter, no, 70 times seven. There was another moment in the 20th chapter of Matthew that was one of those moments <laughs> that, uh, that later you wished, I wish that never happened type moment. And Jesus is just sharing. He's sharing with the disciples and there were others there, I'm sure, about I'm getting ready to go to Jerusalem. And when I get there, I will be betrayed I will be tried, and I will be put to death. But no worries. Three days later, I will be resurrected. The first comment after that extraordinary statement by Jesus of laying out to his disciples, this is what's getting ready to happen. It will define your life. It will change your life. It will be something that you have never experienced before. That John and James go gets mama. John and James, the sons of thunder that Jesus called them, or somebody called them that, the sons of thunder. And they go thinking about me, about themselves. And they said, listen, if this is getting ready to happen, I know that probably you're getting ready to come into your kingdom. We want to get ourselves right there with you. So mama comes and says, Jesus, listen, when you come in your kingdom, I want you to guarantee me that John will sit on one side of you and James on the other. And Jesus said, you know, well, that's not mine to give. That type of recognition or that type of honor, that's only my, only my father's. But the question is, can they drink the cup that I'm about to drink? And Jesus is talking about the cup of suffering and the cup of death. And are they, are they ready to be baptized with that which I am getting ready to be baptized with? Of course, John and James don't have a clue. They don't know what Jesus is talking about. And that's usually what's pretty much how it was most of the time. These disciples didn't have a clue what Jesus was talking about. <clears throat> and they said, oh, yeah, we... That's not a problem, Jesus. We can do this. And all of a sudden, there became an argument among them of who, once again, who was the greatest. I'm sure Peter stepped in and said, listen, but guys, you know that I'm the favorite one of Jesus. You know, remember he said the church will be built upon who? The rock? Me? You don't have a chance. You don't have a chance to be sitting in one of those seats, Bubba, you know. And I'm sure all of them. And Jesus is hearing. He's getting feedback from all of this stuff that is centered, this big swirl of 
stinking stuff that is swirling around these guys of self-centeredness. And he speaks, he said, listen, you are not to live like the, those that don't know God, the Gentiles, and how they lord over others. He says, that's not the life that you are supposed to live. That's not how you live a powerful life. Basically, Jesus is telling them. He says, this is how you live a powerful life. And he says this, and whoever among you desires to be first, or whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave, or let him be your bondservant. And then Jesus says this, just because he's saying, I'm requiring something of you, but I'm only requiring something of you that I myself will be doing. That's the amazing thing about it. Jesus requires nothing of you that he didn't already walk through himself and do. And he says, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus puts out, this is what my life is all about. My life is not all about me. My life is not all about people serving me and getting what I want. And the recognition or the the fame or whatever. But Jesus said, my whole life, the way I live my life, is that I live beyond myself. And he says, I have come to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. Jesus says one of the, the tests or one of the indicators of love is are we willing to lay down our life for our brother? Are we willing to live beyond ourselves? Because when you talk about life and you talk about the preciousness of life and you talk about those things and that you may be losing that or losing your life, you get very, very protective. And what I want to tell you today that in living beyond yourself, and this is for all of us, and this is for our elders also, because as we step into living for Christ, we step into a life that is not about us. It's a life that's about him and what he wants us to do. Over 40 years ago, I gave myself to that. My life... I've not always done it perfectly by any stretch of the imagination. But my desire, my heart, was to give my life. Was to give my life. That's one of my greatest joys is to be able to go to back into Europe. I haven't been there in three years. And their family to me, their sons and daughters to me, And thank you for those that are going to be able to be a part of this because you're going with me. You're going with me. I'm taking you with me, okay? And, but you know, the greatest joy has been for me is to go there and work like a crazy man, all about ministering to them. And because of that, I've seen lives changed. I've seen women that doctors had said it's impossible for you to have children. 
And I would pray for them and prophesy over them. And next year I would go and they would be carrying a baby, bring a baby to me. I mean, that's just God. It's just God. Extraordinary things. Extraordinary things. So many things that have happened into the nations of Poland and Latvia and Ukraine and Spain and Hungary and places that I've been in Europe. And it's just such an honor, such a privilege to be able to go. But that's just, you know, whether it's there or whether it's here, it doesn't really matter. That my life is to give my life and to live beyond myself. Now, that that type of life that God wants us to live, there's two requirements, just two. So that's not too bad, is it? Two requirements. First, sorry to tell you this, you got to die. Okay? First requirement to live a powerful life, first requirement to live out something beyond yourself is that you've got to die. It's rejoice. It says to rejoice in all things. (laughs) We die to ourself. We die to our rights. We also have the great opportunity to die to our sin. We die to those things that held us chained. We die to our past. We die to our failures. We die to all of those things. We die. In Romans chapter 6, it says, Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin and all these other things, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So first step, everybody, y'all ready this morning? Die. I have a prophetic word over every one of you today. You will die. Okay. All right. Good stuff, huh? But the great thing that after death comes the other thing, which is called resurrection. Amen. Now, that's where it gets exciting. All right? That's where it gets exciting. Now, death can be pretty exciting, too. Because the things I died from, I'm really glad I died to those things. Glad I died to that horrible addiction to Skittles I had. Stuff like that, you know? No, but... I, you know, of dying to myself, dying, and I'm still, right, Cindy? Yeah, okay. She can give testimonies, still learning to die to myself. But the next part is that you've got to get someone to resurrect you because you can't resurrect yourself. But when you join yourself to Christ... you get resurrected. And that's, guys, that's when you begin to experience the power. In Galatians 2.20, I love this. We're all probably very aware of this scripture. Paul's testimony that I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. Paul has made it clear that he died. But, it's a big but, okay? (laughs) But, Christ lives in me. The person that brought forth the resurrection, the one that, that God said in the, that spoke in the book of Acts or, or the book of Romans, he said that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead will dwell also within you to bring resurrection about. 
But Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live in this new flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and what? Gave himself for me. Jesus is still living beyond himself. And he calls every one of us to live beyond ourselves. That's an easy, it's a fun thing to preach about, but I want to tell you guys and elders, it is a difficult thing to live it out, to live beyond ourselves. When someone offends you, someone hurts you, someone talks about you, someone criticizes you, to be able to do nothing but to forgive them and have mercy for them and to love them back. That's living beyond yourself. That's living beyond yourself, guys. I want to share a couple of scriptures with you, and then I want to bring these men and their wives up that we're going to lay hands on this morning. I knew I had more scripture than I had time. It always, always is that way for me, it seems like. But in your bulletin there, there's a, there's a passage dealing with eldership, but it really can deal with any of us. The same principles you find in here that is for the elders that Peter says, because he himself was an elder, really can apply to any of us. First Peter chapter 5, verse 2 through 4, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them. I want to tell you, as a Christian, no matter who you are, you will have someone under your care. If you're really learning to live, how to live a powerful life, how to live a powerful life, you will live with those under your care. That's what discipleship is all about. And Jesus has called us to be disciples, amen? He's called us to go and preach the gospel and make disciples everywhere we go. And making disciples is taking the responsibility that I will live beyond myself. I will not make life about me. So listen, when you're offended, it can't be about you. When you're criticized, it cannot be about you. When you're hurt, when you're sinned against, it cannot be about you. So carrying unforgiveness, carrying criticism, carrying judgmentalism, all of those things cannot be a part of your life because that's not living beyond yourself. Living beyond yourself is going to that person and saying, listen, you're just like me. We all make mistakes. And I love you. And the same mercy that God has given me, I extend to you. And the same forgiveness that I received from my Father, I forgive you. If we just did that one thing in living beyond ourselves, I want to tell you how powerful our lives will be how powerful our lives would be. That one little thing, if we just do that for the rest of our lives, just that, how strong, how mighty, how powerful the church would be. But instead you see bickering, fighting, divisions, factions, and unforgiveness, and all those things, judgmentalism, and everything else, because someone hurt me. Well, honey, get in line, okay? Because we all, that's just life. It's going to happen. We live among imperfect people, people that are fallible. 
You're not perfect yet. I'm not perfect yet. But I want to tell you, but we can live out perfection through the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to tell you, when you extend love and forgiveness to a person that they know they have messed up, they have goofed up, when you do that, you empower everyone around you. It's an amazing thing. And as eldership, we're called to live that type of life. So be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them. Not because you must. Kind of like what Rifle said. That we don't do things, we don't give because, well, it's the law. We've got to do that. But, it's, but because you are willing. Because, because I have gone through a metamorphosis about who I am. My identity is not the old Doug. My identity has changed, and I am in Christ, and I'm living empowered by him and his life, that he lives with him because he lives beyond himself. Therefore, I will also live beyond myself too. Because I'm willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve. Just say that, man. Eager to serve. This is something we're all qualified to do, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. Then it says that when the chief shepherd appears, you'll receive a crown of glory that will never fade away. There is something that, whether it's eldership or just believers, we're going to receive from the Lord. Now, that reward may be a little bit different. I want to tell you, I'm a rich man. I want to just tell you, I am a rich man. I am prospering. I am a rich man. Now, it may not be in the richness that that is seen in some lives, but I want to tell you, I am a rich man because of the lives that I have had the opportunity to serve. And those today that their lives are changed, those today, those young college students, years ago that I served, those young youth, I I don't know if y'all knew that I was the oldest youth pastor known to man, um, <laughs> I got started a little bit later than a lot of people in ministry. And so I was still in my 40s doing youth ministry. I had gray hair. and Nobody, we go to youth conferences, nobody had gray hair, all right? Nobody did. But I'm going to tell you, I look today and I see those men that are pastors. They're worship leaders. They're youth pastors. They're missionaries. I'm going to tell you, I am a rich man. I'm a rich man. I got a letter years ago from a young man that was, a, it was in my youth group. He was, he, was, he was one of those that constantly were stirring up trouble. Always sitting in the back row. Always saying cute little things and doing cute little things and always stirring up trouble, things like that. And he wrote me a letter, and I got it. This was years back. And he said, he said, you probably thought that I never heard a word you said. And I was like, yeah. (laughs) You probably thought I never heard a word you said. But he said it wasn't true. He said I was listening. 
And he says, I want to thank you for never giving up on me. For no matter what I did, you always treated me like someone special. I'm thinking back. I'm going, what did I do? Uh, I was really frustrated with him at times, you know. But he says, you know, today, he says, I'm pastoring a church in Jacksonville, Florida. And he says, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for you. Guys, I want to tell you, when you hear stuff like that, it's all worth it. That's living a powerful life. And every one of us can do that. I'm, no, I'm nobody special at all compared to any of you. We're all special. Amen? We're all loved God, by God. We're all God's favorites. Amen? I want to read one more passage here of the 20 other passages I could be reading to you right now. I've got a bunch here, but I, we do need to ordain these guys. All right. Hallelujah. Just want to, I, I want to read this. I want you to think about it in the context of living beyond yourself. And I'm trying to figure out which one I want to read. I want to read Romans chapter 12, verse 9 through 16. I think it's the last one, Edward. Okay, buddy, you're, you're, you're strong back there. You're living a powerful life, Edward. Come on, buddy. I see it. Good job. Said, let love be without hypocrisy. Let it be genuine. Let it be real. Let not it be just so that you would gain attention or what people may say about you or for you. Or, but let love be without hypocrisy. Most of the times our love is most needed with the most difficult people, the most challenging people, the most needy people. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. If you're going to live beyond yourself, you will have moments that you will want to make it about yourself. But you cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. Now, we could just preach on that. That's it. We could just preach on that one little statement. In honor, giving preference to one another. Take a moment. Think about your last week. How much did we live that out? How much did we genuinely live that out? With the situations, the people, and circumstances that you had, did you give honor to another, preferring them over yourself? Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, power. Serving the Lord. That's what we do first. We serve the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. I love being around people that, 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 that operate in hospitality. Because if you're, if you're ever around a person that that's their gifting, you, you are made to be very special. They make sure that you are made to feel very special, honored. And that's living beyond yourself, guys. It really is. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward 
one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Guys, as a church, we have, we have the privilege to recognize some people this morning that are, from what God says, that this is the type of life that you are to live. You're to be examples in this way. So when we ask these men and their wives to come up, I want to encourage you, these are those that need your prayers. These are those that need to, that you respect in what they're doing and honor them. You know, our eldership team, we said, is made up of two separate parts, the governance board and the pastoral board. I, I'd like to ask the, those that are part of the governance board this morning to come up here and just stand right here. That will be David Halcombe and Dave, David and Davey are not able to be with us today, but David is part of the governance board along with myself, Mike Coleman. I have Mike and Diane to come up here. Joshua and Fafa, Narendi, Narinda, I say D. And we explained also that Bill and Connie Bennett, who are apostolic leaders of our church, are also going to be sitting on this board with us. And so um, so we're excited about that. So, amen. Now, the, the pastoral team, I'd like for them to come just stand over here. My wife, Cindy. Rifle and Tiffany. Of course, David is also sitting on the, this board along with myself. I'd like to ask Artem and Jackie to come up here. And Manuel and Jackie. Got two Jackies. Manuel and Jackie, come up here to stand there. Also, Wayman Bishop and Barbara. Wayman and Barbara, come on up here. Wayman and Barbara, most of you know, have, have been serving on an eldership for some time. He took a little bit of a break. Uh, last year when he uh, was going through some some surgeries and things like that, but he's all better now, and he's a strong man. And we're thrilled to have him part of the pastoral eldership part of this team. And then also Paul and Vicay, Paul Smith. Paul and Vicay are both have been part of this church for a very long time. And I'm very thrilled to have Paul as part of this. I've been trying to get him on something like this for a long time. Finally broke through, Paul. Finally broke through, buddy. I want to read this over you. It's the instructions that Paul gave Titus. And Paul said, for this reason, I left you in Crete, talking to Titus, that you should set in Order the things that are lacking and appoint elders in every city as I command you. There's something about having those that are living a powerful life 
living beyond themselves, they supply something that's lacking. And that's just not these, but it's all of us. It's all of us. It says in the book of Ephesians that as we are a part of the body and Christ has set us into that place, he said that we're all joined and we're knitted together and every part, every part supplies. So I want to tell you this morning, you're supplying something that is lacking. That's why you were needed. That's why you, you must engage in living a powerful life. You must engage in living beyond yourself because you have something that is unique and special and is needed in the body of Christ. He says that every part does its share causing the growth of the body. Listen, we will not grow like we are supposed to unless you do what you need to do and live beyond yourself. I want to pray as today as we as we install these upon our governance board, upon our pastoral board. And I'd like for y'all to stand up if you would. Father, I thank you right now, Lord, for each of Chip, where's Chip? Come up here with me. Chip was a pastor of this church for a long time. I respect this man so much and the, the anointing and the call that he walks in. I know you're dressed for this. That's how I would, nor- that's how I would normally be dressed today. <laughs> We're getting pictures of you too. Chef, is there anything that you want to pray over these? And then, then what we're going to do, then we're going to especially anoint those who have not yet been ordained and uh, pray over them. And then we're going to get you guys to do something fun here. Okay? Father, I thank you right now for this, these amazing men and women. Father, I thank you, Lord, that, God, we are setting them in today this place of governance, this place of leadership, Lord God. Father, this place of ministry, oversight. God, you say in your word that elders, pastors, bishops, they're all the same thing. They're just, they're overseers. They have brought oversight into something that is important and special and vital. So, Lord, we set them in today, Lord God, into this place of eldership, Lord God. We set them in today, Lord. Lord, we release, God, the anointing that's upon them. We release, Lord, the giftings that are in their life, Father. We release, Lord God, influence and effectiveness out of their lives, Father, over this church and beyond. So, Lord, we thank you, Father. We release it right now. Just extend your hands toward them. That you just you're releasing something. You're empowering them with your prayers this morning. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. As Pastor Doug asked me to come up here, I just heard the Lord speak something and you know, 
as a people, we, we carry a history as family. And sometimes that history is really good, and sometimes that history isn't so good. And, and the reason I'm saying that is because I heard the Lord say for you all this morning, He said, today's a new day. And that the grace, I, I, I ministered grace, the grace, 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 grace to the mountains. Grace, grace, grace. It's the power that He gives you to do what you can't. And I heard the Lord say that today is a day of grace and that the things of the past do not mark you, define you, or hinder you, or hold you back from who you were called to be as a people. And that there is a measure of grace upon you as leaders to take harvest where harvest hasn't yet to go. And that it's a new day, that you're not hindered by the past, you're not hindered by limitation, there's grace. And so don't look at the past. Don't look at the past seasons of limitation. He says, I unfetter you and I set you free to lead and go forward in the things I have destined for this church. I mean, wow, I'm even seeing the scroll of Harvest Renewal Church and I hear Jesus declaring over the scroll, hope, hope, hope. Hope is something that is held and possessed. It is a manifestation of love. His love for you as a body is so great that he's declaring there is hope and hope is not empty. Hope is not empty. Out of hope is birth faith. Out of faith is manifestation. And when I declare this over this body in the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Now, we, we would like to especially anoint those who have never been ordained as elders. That would be Mike and Diane, Joshua, Fafa, Artem and Jackie, Manny and Jackie, and Paul and Vicky. So I'd like to ask uh, Wayman and Barbara and Rifle and Tiffany come here. I want you to be a part of just laying hands upon them. You have some anointing oil here you can put upon your hands. And just go to those that you feel like the Lord's telling you and just anoint them and pray over them right now. Father, we thank you now. Lord, we ordain these men. Lord, as they're joined with their wives, Father, we ordain them right now in the name of the Father the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Lord God. We anoint them, Father. We call forth, Lord, that we pray, Lord God, the unique giftings and abilities, Father. We thank you, Lord God, today that there will be a multiplication, that, Father, that which has been there would only be multiplied now, God, more, more. God, we pray for more over them right now, God, in Jesus' name, more over them, Lord God. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Father. God, that you're going to bring them to places they have not yet been, Father. They're going to walk in a place of grace and humility and love and power, Lord God, like they have never before. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you would open up new avenues of influence divine influence, Lord God, over them. Father, in the name of Jesus, we 
God, we thank you, Father, that we 